Hey there, welcome back to episode two of the Invest Your Skills podcast with your host, Summer Ames. In this season of my life, I've been thinking a lot about the relationship that I've had with math and numbers. I was a pretty smart kid growing up. I had decent grades, but I wasn't exactly in all honors classes or anything like that. But overall, I did pretty well. But it was also clear at an early age that I was struggling in one subject specifically. I was struggling in math. And this took place all the way from elementary school through my college career. Like many households, my mom had an expectation for my GPA. She wanted me to have a 3.0, which means I needed to more often than not have all A's and B's. But there was one class that I was allowed to get a lower grade. I was allowed to get a C in math. But there was also that added caveat that I needed to have an A in order for that C to equal out to a B so that I kept my grade point average. So this one year, I can't remember if it was late in the middle school or early high school, but I knew that I was going to get a D on my report card in math. And that happened to be the final report card of the year, which meant I was probably going to be grounded over summer vacation. So every single day when summer vacation started, and no, this is back when you got your grades in the mail the old-fashioned way, I would hear the mailman bring the mail and I would run down the stairs as fast as I could to check to see if my report card was there. And one day, my report card showed up. And that day, my report card found its way into my room and then later into the trash. Now, hiding my report card was not something that I usually did. So as the summer went on, my mom started asking, like, where's your report card, Summer? Where's your report card? Well, I don't know, Mom. I don't know where that report card went. So like any kid that's terrified of being grounded for an entire summer vacation, I lied. I told my mom that I had no idea where that report card went. Maybe it got lost in the mail. I pulled out everything because I didn't want to be grounded. Later on, my mom would go to admit that she figured out I probably hid my report card and that if I actually went and hid my report card, which like I said, was very uncharacteristic of me, it must mean my report card wasn't great. And at that point, she just really left it alone. In the following years, I knew I was struggling and I would try and get math tutors and I would spend so much time trying to do my math homework, but all it did was create an environment where I was frustrated all the time and felt like I couldn't succeed. And it turned into a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because even in college and getting up to college, Every single time I had a math test, I was completely stressed out. It didn't matter that I had a tutor. It didn't matter how much I tried. It didn't matter how much I studied. I would immediately get this mental block when I would sit down and have to take one of these tests. And I knew that my grade, just trying to get something that would pass, relied heavily on my homework and my attendance. All I could think to myself was, I hate math. I'm not good at math. And this just kept cycling through my brain year after year after year. Back in my undergrad, I had wanted to be a psychologist. I had no idea that as a psychology major that I was going to have to have so many math classes between regular math and statistics and being able to understand various variables and algebra and just everything I had to go through. And, you know, that makes sense. Scientists need to understand numbers and data and analyzing all these things. So it would make sense that statistics and math were required to be a psychologist. And after just one year in college with psychology as my major, I had to change because I was unable to do well in a lot of the math classes and a lot of the basics that I needed in order to be successful in this field. Fast forwarding to today, my relationship with math is pretty different. 
I read investment books. I enjoy making automated spreadsheets with about a billion numbers and formulas and variables. I receive my master's in business intelligence, which is really focusing on the collection, analysis, and understanding of data, which is almost always dealing with numbers. And here's the kicker. I stopped lying to myself and my math skills improved. We tell ourselves stories all the time. We tell ourselves we aren't good at math, science, or reading. We tell ourselves that we're too fat or too thin or too pretty or not pretty enough. We tell ourselves that we can't take chances of trying new things because we may be bad at them or fail at them. We tell ourselves that we aren't worthy of success. We tell ourselves that we aren't able to obtain more wealth. I could go on and on telling you different stories that we tell ourselves every day. These stories that we tell ourselves often become self-fulfilling prophecies. Have you heard of the rule of seven? You have to hear something seven times before our brains will consider taking action and or actually remembering and internalizing the information that we're taking in. Now think about something you consider yourself bad at. I thought I was bad at math. I hate math. I'm bad at math. I don't understand math. Math doesn't make sense. Now, think of how many times you've said you are bad, hate, or not good at something. If you follow the rule of seven, our brains only need to hear something seven times in order to really internalize it. But I bet you've said whatever you're bad at or whatever you hate more than seven times in your life. And the more ingrained our negative self-talk is, the harder it is to dig ourselves out of it. This episode, I want to talk about the lies that we tell ourselves that impact our ability to grow a business and invest our skills. So the first lie is, there is too much competition. The market is saturated. I won't be able to grow a business. I am in an Instapot group. I love my Instapot. I love cooking with it. And when I moved abroad and I knew I was going to be stationary, I got something very similar to an Instapot. So I'm in a lot of groups. I love to do that kind of cooking. And I kept noticing that there was a lot of questions that were asked every single day. Why didn't my cheesecake turn out like the picture? How do I make my meat stay tender? And my favorite, what is the best recipe for mac and cheese? Multiple people every single day in just this one group kept asking the same questions over and over and over again. So why is that? Why are people asking the same question? Because people are looking for answers that fit them. They want people to tell them specifically, not just search in a group, how to do different things. If people are asking questions, there's still something that needs to be solved. There is still a market to help people eliminate their problems. It doesn't matter if there's a million recipes about mac and cheese on the internet. People are still asking that question in these groups. If this is a lie that you know is holding your back or a lie that's kind of been in the back of your mind where there's too much competition, I want you to know one thing. Don't fall for the trap. Instead of assuming the worst case scenario that there's too much competition and the market is too saturated, try something different. Be the person who helps those people who are seeking answers. It could be sharing your best macaroni and cheese recipe. Tomorrow, it could be selling an at-home cooking class or a meal subscription plan. You never know when you say no out of the gate what helping somebody else could turn into. So the second lie that I hear people tell themselves all the time that's holding them back is, there are already people doing it. My idea isn't original. Let me ask you this question. How many restaurants are in your city? 
I bet that you're going to find more than one of most types of restaurants, assuming you're not in like a super, super small city. You probably have a couple Italian restaurants. You probably have a couple Mexican restaurants. You probably have a couple burger places. Uh, if you're abroad, you might have different cafes. You might have different uh, soup restaurants. Whatever, wherever you're at, you have a bajillion different restaurants. And a lot of times, these restaurants, especially if they're in similar cuisine, are going ahead and making very similar dishes. But each restaurant has its own flair, has their own style, has their own attitude. If I open up an Italian restaurant tomorrow and two months later it fails, it's not failing because it wasn't an original idea to open up an Italian restaurant. I probably wouldn't succeed because maybe my recipes weren't great, maybe my service wasn't on point, maybe I didn't market my business well enough in order to get people coming in. It's not because it's not original, it's because I didn't know how to market it and I didn't know how to make it successful in its own entity. Here is the truth. Your skill investment doesn't need to be the only one in the market. It needs to be useful to your specific audience and unique to your way of doing it, period. If you find that this lie is something that you identify with, I want you to write down stories about why you think your skill is cool or why you started learning that skill or why you started honing that skill, whatever. Write down whatever is in your head. It's going to help you build your business, think about your business differently, and also aid you in building your marketing material, which is what you need in order to have a successful business. The last lie that we most commonly tell ourselves that I hear over and over and over again is, whatever it is has to be perfect before I launch. I'm not sure when I picked up my perfectionist complex, but I have it and I have it hard. And one of the areas that I have this complex that's hold, held me back a lot is really even just in this podcast or podcasting in general. You know, this is the first episode that I am going almost completely off script. I wanted something a little more natural, a little more conversation and something that showed more of my personality. But what I told myself is that I had to have this perfectly crafted script and episode before I was going to let anybody hear it. Here's the kicker with that. I don't. I don't need a script. And I know this because just the other day, I turned around and did a 30-minute live in my Skill Investing Insiders community where I was just hanging out there with an outline of the things I wanted to talk about that I referenced sometimes that I said, oops, hold on, I don't want to miss anything, and went and looked at my notes really quick, and nothing bad happened. No one got crazy. No one threw a fit. It wasn't that big of a deal. And that's when I realized perfection is really a form of fear. We let perfection stand in our way from trying something new, from trying something different, from taking a chance. No matter what you're launching, a podcast, a project, a new business, doesn't matter. You need to remove the idea that it has to be perfect before you launch. And instead, I want you to just acknowledge that the first time and while you're still getting comfortable, Things aren't going to be perfect. It's as simple as that. It is a simple fact that both you and I need to get over in order to eliminate this lie from our lives. Don't get stuck in the cycle of delaying your launches and tweaking something before putting yourself out there. Just go ahead and put yourself out there and see how people respond. 
unless you are already well known, you're an influencer, you already have a lot of successful businesses, you've got a huge following, unless you fall into that category, there's a good chance that you're starting your business or you're starting this project, you're starting something. A lot of people don't know that you're starting it. The sooner that you put yourself out there, the sooner you can get feedback, the sooner that people can tell you, hey, I'm really jiving with this, but not really jiving with that. You need that feedback in order to grow, in order to get better, in order to grow your business, in order to do all of these things that perfection and that fear is holding us back from. Here is what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to get stuck in the cycle of delaying launches and tweaking something to death before you are willing to put it out there. Starting today, I challenge you to stop telling yourself these lies if they apply to you. And instead, use the tips from this episode to help you move forward in investing your skills and starting your life down a new road and a new path. That wraps things up for this week's episode. I want to thank you so much for showing up, and I hope that you found this information super beneficial and that you'll start applying it in your life to keep moving forward. If you're enjoying the show so far, I'd really love to hear all about it, the good, the bad, and the otherwise, or the topics that maybe you want to hear more about. I'd love if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, or Podchaser if you're an Android or desktop listener. I truly love hearing from you. I'll see you right back here next week on the Invest Your Skills podcast.